Welcome to Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick off your week with Matt. Hey everybody, welcome into Mondays with Matt. Thanks for hanging out with us. As always, we talk investing, finance, and retirement with Matt Starkey from Great Lakes Retirement Solutions. And Matt, that's going to be a little interesting, fun episode today. Uh, We decided to kind of wing this a little bit because our podcast is turning 62. This is episode number 62. So I guess technically our podcast is now eligible for Social Security. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Right? Yeah. Uh, and, episodes. That's, that's good. That's yeah. Good. Well, first of all, very cool that we've made it to 62 podcast episodes. So kudos to you and I for that. But, you know, I thought it'd be a nice idea to chat about this because when people get to 62, they immediately, well, not all, but a lot of people immediately think, okay, I'm eligible. Let's go ahead and turn it on. Right? So let's talk about why that may or may not be a good idea. And I've got an email question or two from people about social security and things of that nature. So let's just kind of chat around this whole, what do you do? When do you turn it on? You know, when is a good time? Sure. How do you, how do you advise somebody when somebody comes in and, and they're thinking about this, what's some things to ponder as to why it may, may or may not be a good idea? Yeah. I mean, why not? Why not turn it on early? One of the things of that, you know, goes through people's mind and this, as you get closer, it goes through, I think everybody's mind is what are my options? And uh, 62 um, is the earliest you can turn on your social security income stream, if you will. And then, um, you know, you've got full retirement age, which for most folks now and into, into the future is 66, well, 67 right, um, in right. some months. Depending on and your age, full, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And there still is age 70 is kind of like where you, where you can get the maximum uh, benefit. And I, I know as as we all live longer, that might, that, that could change, but why should I file at 62? Well, filing at 62, if you can um, manage it, you know, with your investments, with social security, and if, if, or you have a pension or not might be the answer for you. It all comes down to your monthly cash flow, As we have mentioned in previous podcasts, it's, right. you gotta, you gotta manage your monthlies first. And a lot of folks that are um, looking at early retirement, you got to look at the cost benefit of filing early because you get a reduced amount. So for instance, if you uh, file at age 62 for your social security benefit, your estimate from the administration might say you're eligible for $1,200 a month. But if you wait until full social security, you might get $1,900 a month. Right. That's a big jump. And then an even yeah, bigger uh, jump to 70. You say, you know, if you can wait an that even long. bigger jump. Yeah. So yeah. if you defer it, it's like, equivalent to getting about an 8% tax-free rate of return on your investment while the while you continue to defer that. But you have to think about the break point, right, Matt? We hear the conversation about that where it's like, okay, I need to turn it on at 62 because I'm not going to live that long and I need to get the money now because I don't think I'm going to live too long or whatever. And, you know, so there's there's an interesting way that you can go through and kind of run some projections and scenarios, scenarios for people to kind of show them where this I guess that break even, or that break point would be depending on where how you uh, what age you wait to. Am I correct there? Yep. So the what what he's referring to on the break point here is um, how much would I you know how long do I have to live where if I would have waited to get the higher benefit okay. where it actually yeah. pays yeah. off. So yeah. Um, so I think that that number tends to be you know if I file at my maximum and I make it seven or eight years beyond that age, then um, I could have filed early and you know, made the equivalent. So it's about a seven or eight year break. Oh, okay. Break about point, seven or eight years. Okay. 
Yep. One of the other things you got to consider too with social security is, are you ready to file early? Are you, are you all done working? Uh, a lot of folks, <laughs> they differ. Everybody's different. Um, I sat down with a husband and wife the other day and, and they were talking about this very thing. And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't, you know, they're five years apart and he wants to retire at 62 and she doesn't anticipate she'd be done working at that point. So it's good to possibly, if you're married, you can split that difference and one of you can file early. One of you can wait and let that benefit grow and actually file a little bit later. One of the other things to consider when filing is my wages. You know, if you have those wages, you know, working up to social security age, I'll back up a step and say, you go to ssa.gov. And that's where you can go and get your estimate for Social Security. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But it's going to be based on your lifetime of wages. And if your wages are higher in your later years, which typically they are, as you have more experience and um, you get seniority in a, in a place, a lot of times your income also rises with that. You get raises. And so the longer that you have, you get more Social Security credits while you're working, um, that can increase your benefit. So if you wait, you'll get paid more versus filing early. Now, when it comes to a husband and wife, a lot of times, if, if it's sustainable, I'll, I'll have the lower wage earner retire first and make the higher wage earner you know, prolong their benefits. Yeah, because so you're kind of trying to maximize that strategy between the husband and wife, correct? You, you maximize it, right. Yeah. And we've done lots of calculations, and, and that's really where the rubber meets the road is if you're questioning that, you need to call us and have us run that calculation for you. But if you can defer that higher wage earner, um, if you die first, it tends to be almost like a in, like an insurance benefit because as as we file for Social Security, many mm-hmm. times we're getting a cost of living adjustment every year. So if we take our money early, we get the cost of living adjustment on a lower amount, and so that's where it can also pay off to to delay your gotcha. retirement. But sixty two could be. Uh, your magic age. And and without doing the analysis, if we do an analysis, we can tell you how to maximize or how to get the absolute most between husband, wife, or if you're an individual, right. it's not as hard to, to determine that. So Yeah. And I think, you know, that's, that's the first question that people have and whether it's, you know, you're in this camp of, well, they owe it to me and I want to get it as soon as possible, or it's going to run out of money camp or, you know, whatever doing it for those reasons to me seems silly. Do it for mathematical reasons. If you need the money, then you need the money and you have to turn it on. But if, mm-hmm. if you can maximize and have a better strategy where you might, you know, can delay it, then maybe it's something to ponder as well. And I, maybe that question sometimes, Matt, comes back around to saying something like, okay, you know, I want to turn it on because I'm getting the government's money. What's well, really your money? They're giving it back to you. But either way, you know, I'm getting the government's money versus pulling down from my, my savings, pulling down from my retirement accounts. How do you view that that conversation piece? Does it make more sense to you know use Social Security as a bigger chunk and not take out of your own four hundred one ks until later, or you know how do you kind of go about that strategy? Because a lot of people will go back and forth on what's the best way to do that. Who whose money do you take from what pile first? Yeah, well, we have to address this issue with what we know, and a lot of times tax rates are subject to change. And right now, taxes are at a really um, the lowest rates that we've seen them in our lifetime. So a lot of times if we have to take early, it might be, um, you know, if we want to retire prior, prior to social security, we can do that. If we have the investment portfolio to generate the income, and then you got to look at taxable. Are we taking money out of IRAs that's taxable, or are we going to take it out of tax-free money, Roth IRAs and things like that? But if we file early with social security, you're exactly right, Mark. Maybe we, you know, if you're married, one spouse files early and we supplement with investments now 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're close to the same age, maybe we're, we're taking two years or three years or five years out of income to right. supplement that, that lower social security payment. And then the other spouse defers, takes income off the investments in the meantime, you can both retire, but we defer and we take, we wait and let our benefit grow at the 8%, you know? So to answer that question, we need to know what, what do you have in investments? What is your projected income? And then we can help you formulate a strategy, like like you said, Mark, that really will meet the needs of your income if you do file early or one of you files early. And then we can take the income off the investments once the second one qualifies. Now we don't need to take that income off the investments. So we have that other check there. So gotcha. if you're lucky enough to be married and taking social security, it's like we've put away and we have about $400,000 nest egg, four or $500,000 nest egg there, because this is a perpetual income stream that's going to hopefully last <laughs> come hell or high water as long as the government continues to fund it somehow. Um, it should last for your lifetime. And so we're going to go with what we know. And uh, we, we know what your investments are. We know what social security is projecting for you. And that's going to allow us to use that for planning purposes. Now, is it, now is it going to subject to change? Absolutely. Um, the government can increase taxes. They can require earlier distributions from your qualified plans. Whatever Congress could pass uh, could change the whole scenario entirely. They could, they could limit um, social security or, or raise change the, the brackets as to how much of your social security gets taxed and when. So there's so many variables and so many factors. We, when we plan, we know everything's subject to change, but we're going with what we know today and um, what we can project reasonably. Well, you know, Matt, we get a lot of email questions about Social Security and things of that nature. And here's one that confuses people. Maybe you can address a couple of these things. Uh, a lady had sent an email in saying that she, you know, it says, Matt, is it possible that I can get my ex-spouse's uh, benefit? I've heard that because we were married for a certain number of years that I can actually apply and possibly get higher Social Security for myself based on an ex-spouse. And that is true. You can actually go and get uh, Social Security from a prior spouse, and, and there's some, but there's some rules and some stipulations in there, right? There are, yes, um, yeah. So if you've been married, and um, if you've been married for ten years or longer before a divorce, yeah, you can go ahead and qualify for your ex-spouse's half of their Social Security if it's more than what you would make. So if your ex has been the higher wage earner all these years, and you're fortunate enough not to have gotten remarried, yep, when you go to apply for Social Security you can actually qualify for half of their benefit instead of your own. And they don't um, know point. about this. So like you, if they're still around, like you don't, I mean, whether, I don't know if you want to turn the knife, <laughs> if you're doing yeah. it for, <laughs> you know, mean reasons of sad news, they're not going to find out. They're not going to know. But, uh, but a lot of people are very confused by some of the rules and, and because you have to have, there's some different parameters like Matt just covered. And so it's one of those things where it's certainly worth it to find out. My mom did this actually, Matt. Uh, she wound up going back and, and reapplying based on her first husband uh, and was able to you know, offset her, uh, get a little bit more from, from Social Security. So there's lots of little ways. There's actually a ton of ways Social Security can be uh, you know, used. And it's, it gets pretty complicated. That's why it's really important to talk with someone like yourself who does this all the time. Yes, it is. Um, in fact, I've recommended that clients go and ask that question. And um, in, like you said, life changes. And depending on who you're talking at the Social Security Administration, um, some people are very compassionate. Um, I had an instance where somebody was married, uh, I don't know if it was just shy of 10 years, but uh, the girl on the phone said, well, you're, you're in luck, you called today, and I make that decision. 
some one of my clients was was going to get oh, wow. about a thousand dollars a month in social security and she did something retroactive to a prior marriage and she ended up getting two thousand dollars a month a whole thousand dollars a month more than what she was anticipating which she was just i mean for even still to this day i mean it was like so ecstatic um, she thought she was going to have to take this money off of her investments. Now she doesn't take anything off the investments. She has all the money that she was planning on living with social security. So yes, if you have been married before, definitely call social security and ask about the former spouse. Uh, some are married and they're a widow. widow widow's benefit starts at age 60. So if you are a widow uh, of someone and they, you know, comparing the two incomes, you might be eligible for that widow's benefit at age 60 based on your deceased spouse. Mm -hmm. And then if you're still working or if you still had wages or maybe you had higher wages going off your own, if your own is deferred, I believe in that instance, they'll still flip to the highest benefit once you reach full age. Gotcha. So you can get that widow's benefit earlier. And if you want to still work, you can do that. But um, then, then you can, a lot of times they'll flip that benefit to the higher amount for you uh, if you had a higher income or a higher estimated benefit once you're at full retirement age too. So gotcha. there's a lot of uh, hidden blessings that could be in there too. Yeah. A lot, a lot of ins and outs and, and little different things there. And so, you know, when you're turning 62 and you're, you're thinking, well, do I go ahead and turn this on or do I not? That's really the topic today is to make sure that you're taking the time to, to work through this with somebody and see the best strategy, whether you're single, whether you are married, whether you're thinking about an, an ex-spouse situation that we just covered, lots of different things. And then we'll do one more email question here, Matt. And unfortunately, they're not going to be too happy with this answer. But uh, the lady says, I turned on my Social Security at age 62, which was two years ago. I now regret that decision and want to back that up and maybe redo this. Uh, but I understand there's some rules around that. Can you please explain? And she's like, unfortunately, two years is too much. Yeah, Mark. Um, so once you have selected your benefit from Social Security, if you've gone two years, um, it is too late to redact that or to change your benefit or mm -hmm. try to elect a, a benefit at a later age. Mm -hmm. However, if um, you do that within 12 months of selecting uh, your benefit, okay, if you change your mind about starting your benefits, you can ca actually cancel your application for up to 12 months after you're entitled to those retirement benefits. Gotcha. And yeah, they... This process is called a withdrawal. Um, and you don't hear a lot about it because, Mark, as you said, a lot of people are going to uh, not be happy with it, or they're, if they if you do a withdrawal, what you have to know is that you're going to be responsible to pay back any benefits that you yeah. or your family received from that, including uh, Medicare premiums that might have been withheld from Social Security payments. Yeah, yeah. and um, if your spouse or child received benefits, whether or not they live with you. Yeah, they give you this mulligan, but it's not really one anybody wants to take. <laughs> yeah, even so. even if you had taxes withheld or premiums withheld, you'll you'll have to pay it all back. But you can you can stop that. So. Yeah, you can. You, yeah, within a year. So unfortunately, uh, Mary, sorry about that. That was your email question. Uh, that you know. That doesn't mean, you know, I'm not sure what's got you thinking that it was a mistake. So maybe you need to come in and actually talk with Matt and sit down and go through the numbers and so on and so forth and maybe point out a little bit more detail what's got you thinking it was a mistake to turn it on early. If you're worried about, I don't know, the longevity of your plan or, or lack thereof, maybe you don't even have one. Uh, and that's why it's always a good idea, really, Matt, to sit down and run these numbers and go through these scenarios with Social Security. Because many times people think of it as this, well, I have all my investments, I have all my savings, I have all my stuff here. Oh, yeah. And then I have Social Security. 
And you really should be working with somebody who's bringing this all together as one holistic plan and making the best strategy overall to get that longevity point where you want it. Yeah, absolutely. If you want more information regarding your situation, again, definitely give us a call. We can go through that with you and, you know, project those benefits for you and come up with a plan, you know, keeping in mind as, as we kind of wrap this up, major considerations of selecting early benefits. A lot of times for people these days is, is not having health insurance to get them to age 65 when Medicare will kick in. So uh, if you're going to select early social security and you're taking yourself out of the workforce, um, you got to be prepared to cover yourself health insurance wise until um, you qualify at age 65 for Medicare. But if you if you need numbers, if you need to do the illustration, do a, do a husband and wife combination and find out how to maximize your social security, give us a call. We can definitely talk you through the process and get you to a point where you are comfortable, you have a plan, and uh, you know whether or not your investments are going to support you before you actually apply. All right. Well, there you go, folks. So as our podcast turns 62, uh, we thought it would be interesting to have this conversation about, you know, so many folks thinking about turning Social Security on 62. Maybe it's the right answer. Maybe it's the not, you know, not the right answer. So have a conversation with someone like Matt. As he mentioned, reach out to him, 989-401-2949. That's 989-401-2949. Or stop by the website, greatlakesretirementsolutions.com. That's GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. You can subscribe to the podcast, catch new episodes, uh, past episodes, uh, book some time, talk with Matt. There's a lot of good tools, tips, and resources. So definitely do yourself and your retirement a favor and have those conversations if you are not already working with Matt. Thanks for hanging out with me, my friend, as we uh, move along with our podcast. Maybe 65, we'll do uh, Medicare. Maybe we'll do that on the 65th one. Maybe we'll do that. That sounds like a plan. Um, I've got a long ways to that age, but um, <laughs> <Me too. laughs> our, we'll be there before you know it with our podcast. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, give us a call, and we'd love to uh, visit with you. All right. We'll see you next time here on Mondays with Matt. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Next time we talk, it'll be September. So uh, we'll be talking Labor Day as well. We'll catch you next time here on Mondays with Matt. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.